it basically just makes you deep throat it. Welcome to Movie Mug and the Father and Son podcast that's nuttier than a squirrel turd. <laughs> that's pretty hard. It's such a dad thing to say, though, isn't it? Yeah, I feel like it. For some reason, when I thought of that, the next thing I thought of was, how you been lately? Ah, busier than a one-legged man at a butt-kicking contest. I've never heard that. Oh, you hadn't? No. Damn it. Well, pretend you didn't. Okay. You know, I shouldn't have said that because, like I said a while back, I'm eventually going to run out of things to say at the beginning of this. Yeah. The further we go. The cold open. I don't know what I'm going to do. What's a cold open? Uh, So you know how, like, The Office, it never starts right at the intro. It starts with, like, a a Jim prank to Dwight. That's a cold open. Okay. Gotcha. Well, I'm Vince. I'm Jack. And we are a father and son duo who love watching a movie, then having a conversation, but more importantly, spending quality father-son time together. This is episode number 87. Getting up there. It seems like uh, just two episodes ago, we were like at 74 or something like that. So uh, <laughs> time does fly. Doesn't just seem like that. <laughs> All right, let's get right into it. You know what time it is. It's Lobby Time with Vince and Jack. everybody welcome to the movie mug and lobby this time we talk about things that aren't necessarily related to the movie we're going to be watching but we still think it's important enough to warrant some airtime so i came up with a great idea yeah uh you're aware of shazam right yes so if you're not aware of shazam it is an app where if you're hearing a song playing somewhere you just hit shazam and it will listen and then it will tell you the name of the song Mm -hmm. i need an app that i can just make noise of a song into and it will recognize what I'm doing. Like it'll pick up on the melody. Yeah. And yeah. The Cause and there that. was a there was a Zeppelin song the other day that was in my head. And for some reason, Led Zeppelin's one of those bands. The names of their songs don't make sense as compared to what they're singing. Yeah, like I don't know. I'm probably gonna butcher it, but it looks like Dire Maker for <laughs> the right? oh, uh, oh, 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 oh. Right. And you should be able to do that rather exactly. than trying to figure out where the apostrophe goes. I'm pretty, pretty sure there's like an apostrophe somewhere on one of the words of the title of that song. There is, yeah. So, And I think Black I, Dog is another one. Hey, hey, mama, said the way you move. I think that's called Black Dog. So the song that was in my head the other day, and it took me forever to find it, it was... Down, 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 go down, 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 ding, ding. It took me forever. I finally found it. It's called Four Sticks. Love that song. Had no idea what it was called. So I need somebody to make that app. You know what? That's an app that I would actually pay for. Like, there's not many apps that I pay for 
If, yeah. I might pay for Shazam. I probably would. I don't use it often enough to pay for it. I, I probably don't either, but when I want to know a name of a song, I want to know a name of the song. I was thinking monthly subscription for some reason. I'd pay some money for yeah, like, Shazam. Like yeah. $3.99 or something like yeah. that to have forever. But an app where I could like hum into it or just whistle into it or just do the... And or just like, yeah, yeah, I know what that is. Sing to the, to the beat, but mm-hmm. not actual words. Yeah, yeah, because half the time I don't even really listen to the lyrics. So somebody out there, start developing it, and then just get back with me because I uh, I would at least like to name it. I'm not sure technology is at that point, you know? It would take very, very complex voice recognition technology and also building a database of all of the hums. So say five million people have hummed that same song you did that you mm-hmm. were just looking for, it would be able to find it quicker. If whenever you hummed it, you know, I think there's an app that you can like use your camera in the app and point it at a plant and it'll tell you what kind of plant it is. That's interesting. Yeah. So if they can do something like that, that's pretty similar, actually. I, yeah. I, I would think that the technology's there or at least developing, getting close to where we could do something like that. It, it may already be there and I may have just motivated somebody to, to get on this right away because I'm telling you, man, this is a uh, multi million dollar app. Yeah, definitely. Without, without question. Yeah. Without question. All right, got anything else for the lobby? I actually do this time. What? Wait a minute. <laughs> um, okay. So basically I had a, an appointment somewhere, and there's elevators, and I was leaving, so I'm on the third floor, so I get in the elevator, and I press the one button, so I'm going down to the first, and it stops at two, and I'm like, great. Some freak is going to get in the elevator with me. <laughs> and it was actually not a freak, but it was three state policemen walked in, and I was like, oh, wonder what they're doing here. And they're just talking uh, when we're on the way down, and they're like, yeah, do you have a black van shirt on and a skull cap? And I was wearing a, a, my beanie and my black van shirt. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> and they all start, stop talking and look at me. Nice. And once and I'm like, fuck. <laughs> like, what did I do? <laughs> and uh, they're like, no, nah, we're just joking. And uh, <laughs> so I, I start messing with them. And I was like, yeah, I was about to uh, do this. And I slowly took my beanie off and like <laughs> hit it. And they were all laughing. And it's like, have a good one. That's awesome. See you later. <laughs> That's awesome. I love that. They use their power to fuck with people's heads. I think we've talked about that before, how we would use our power to fuck with people. And you like disagreed. But if I was a cop, I would totally mess with people like that. Not on the road. I think that's what we were talking about. Like fuck with people like that. I, I would much more be inclined to do the like pull the people over and give them the ice cream because it's a crime to not have an ice cream on a day as hot yeah. as this, you know, or what those guys did to me. You know they've done that multiple times oh, yeah. if they were all They were good at it. Yeah. <laughs> They're really good at it. That's awesome. That's awesome. Shout out to the state police if you're listening. Mm-hmm. Good one. Yeah. Got me. All right. Well, thank you for uh, contributing to a lobby time. I I can't imagine what the last episode number that you actually contributed was. <laughs> but uh, I was going to say it'll probably be in like 36 more episodes mm-hmm. I'll have something. Fucking Haley's Comet going to come around <laughs> before then. All right, well, let's head on back to the podcast studio slash viewing room, and I will unveil Erica's movie. Cool. Who's Erica, you ask? Not important. Oh, (laughs) shots fired. She is one of our podcasting BFFs over at the Film Stripping Podcast. Uh, Her and co-captain Chris, we've gotten to know really, really well. 
I mean, as well as you can know them from just communicating every once in a while yeah, via Instagram. <laughs> and, I mean, but it's enough. So on, I know y'all haven't communicated a, a ton or anything, and I know I haven't at all. But whenever you listen to people's podcasts, it bridges the gap a little bit because mm-hmm. you get to see their personality, what they like, all that shit. So uh, the reason Erica is picking a movie this this week is because this is the podcast history making month of the film stripping movie mugging crossover extravaganza. Mm-hmm. And so basically, what we are doing is we are each picking a movie for the month, uh, myself, Jack, Chris, and Erica, and we're both going to watch the same movie and we're both going to do a podcast on it. And it's really interesting because last week we watched uh, Minority Report. Because you had picked the Tom Cruise. Yeah, so there's a uh, so there's like a, a hat. It's like a big sombrero. It's black. It kind of looks like Raiders gear. It, it was sent to us from film stripping and inside of it, it had a bunch of pieces of paper, and on these pieces of paper are actors and actresses and film genres, and last week I picked Tom Cruise, and so I had to come up with a Tom Cruise movie, and I went with Minority Report. Um, Erica gave it a 5, and Chris <laughs> gave it a 7.5. And, and what I give it? You gave it a 92, and I gave it an 86. Yeah, I, that was a really good movie. Yeah, I Very enjoyed the solid. movie. They They found several... I feel like they 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 saw a lot of the flaws in it, and you know Chris has a lot more movie knowledge. Mm-hmm. And I said it was directed by Steven Spielberg. Turns out it kind of was directed by Steven Spielberg, but there was other stuff going on. So a bunch of other people came in and kind of put their spin on it, and so it wasn't as good as a Spielberg movie. But like I hadn't seen this movie since right after it came out, and I didn't really remember who the bad guy was, what happened yeah. in it at all. So it was kind of like I was watching it for the first time again. And a lot of times in movies, I see all the little nitpicky stuff and it bothers me. And other times I don't. I just kind of get lost in it and just kind of enjoy it. And that's what I did with this movie. I just enjoyed it. And at the end of the movie, I just I gave it what I felt like the score should be. So interesting question I have. Compare the four of us to... I think these were the OG American Idol judges, uh, Simon Cowell, Randy, and Paula. Who was the fourth? I know there's like Harry Connick Jr. No, like, there, there wasn't a fourth on that panel. Dang. I forgot there wasn't. Yeah. Well, I guess never mind. Okay. I, I'd be the Paula, though, I feel like. But really what I was more curious about is who's the Simon Cowell? Is it you or is it Chris? I feel like it's you because you're just a rat bastard about movies. But then when you say Chris has so much knowledge about movies and all that stuff, then I feel like naturally he would be the Simon Cowell because he can just see all the stuff more clearly, all the shitty parts, than someone like me. I think I'm definitely the Simon Cowell. I think he's the Randy Jackson. (laughs) Because Randy Jackson was a really good musician. Well, I guess he still is a really good musician. He's very, very knowledgeable about music. And so, uh, yo, dog, I think... uh, (laughs) Chris Chris would be Randy Jackson. And and Randy wasn't too nice, but no. he'd let you down easy. Yeah, yeah. So I guess, yeah. Where does Erica fall? Erica can go Paula, <laughs> and Erica can go Simon Cowell. <laughs> no in-between? Yeah, there's some in-between, but... Not uh, often? I mean, like like last time, she was kind of like, yeah, yeah, I mean... Uh, yeah, she gave it a five, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I've heard her go both. <laughs> you know when it's when it's her month and she gets to pick one of the thirty-seven movies in her top ten. When when Chris gets to scores before he even says score, she's like ten, <laughs> ten. You know she just 
she loves the movies that she loves, and there's other movies that you can just tell were so painful for her yeah. to sit through. Like I, I listened to the Straw Dogs episode, so I know she went a little Simon Cowell on that one. <laughs> but to be fair, that movie did sound pretty shitty. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so Erica picked Space. Okay. Um, so she had to come up with a movie about space. And it's stuff that none of us have seen, preferably, right? No, there, there's really no parameters on it. I mean, we kind of want to get a movie that nobody's seen or kind of want to get a movie that maybe one person has seen, but it's been a while. Well, well I assume all of us have seen like Armageddon. Yeah, it, probably. I, I'm sure Aliens and Alien versus Predator would be either off limits or like, oh, why the fuck would I pick Alien versus Predator 4? Her favorite movie, or one of her favorite movies, is Space Jam with Michael Jordan. And I've never just, seen it. I know. I'm just going to break her heart right now. I've never seen it, and you've never seen it. You've never seen I've it? Never seen you Space grew Jam. up when that was like a thing. Never interested. Right? Wasn't Space Jam 80s? No. I think it was 90s. Okay, so you were too old for it then. Bugs Bunny is by far my favorite cartoon character. By far. But cartoons alongside live action is a horrible sin and should never be done, Ooh, in my opinion. Damn. It's it just... It's never seamless. It's never, it's always corny. Like, and isn't like that Bugs Bunny's like girlfriend supposed to be like all sexy in that movie? Like, even it makes like the humans be like, ooh, yeah. ooh la la. Like, is that not weird? Yeah, they talked about that in, in the podcast. It's like, and, it, and just how bad that was. And, yeah. And I agree because, you know, Bugs Bunny doesn't wear clothes. Yeah. But they, I, I don't know. I, if I remember right, they put like some tight shorts on her or something like that, and yeah. Fucking dumb. All right, so the movie that Erica ended up picking. Do you think I've heard of it? I don't know. I kind of think I had. It's, so you haven't seen it either? No. Okay. I know nothing about it except I know one person that's in it because I saw uh, his face, mm-hmm. or maybe her face. I'm not going to say. Oh. And I'm pretty happy about it, and, and you're going to be happy about it too. Okay. For some reason, every time you say that there's an actor in it you like, I always think. All right, let let's say it at the same time. I think I know what you're going to say. Well, yeah, because you heard my th. Well, yeah, so I don't know what you're going to say. Thor. Thor. <laughs> I can I can never remember which what his name is. It's Chris Hemsworth. You got a crush on Chris Hemsworth? He's a good actor. I mean, he was in. He's even been in one movie we've done. Yeah, the Cabin in the Woods one. Oh, okay. He was good in that. Oh. He was in something else, I swear. I thought you got... Uh, oh, well, no, it was one that me, you, and Mom watched together. It was where he's like the special agent guy trying to save the kid. Oh, yeah, that Netflix he original. good in that. Whatever. I, I can't remember what that was called. Like Extraction, I think. You know, that reminds me of uh, Thor Ragnarok, which has one and of my favorite... And we fucking like that movie. One of my favorite scenes is when he's coming down with the, that bolt of lightning. And, ah! right? and that just, <laughs> That app would come in I handy know. there. I mean, I know the name of that song. Yeah. Hey, app. What's this song? What is that song called? You don't know? I can't think of it right now. Immigrant song? That's the immigrant song? Yeah. Okay. I thought the immigrant song was... No. I don't know what that one is. So, Erica's never seen this movie. Oh. That's a little unexpected. I figured she would bring something that she knew was ridiculous. Because, I mean, she did make it a point that she mm-hmm. wanted to piss me off or whatever. And make, well, pick something outrageous for me to watch. Yeah. 
because I'm pretty good at picking outrageous things. She didn't really bring it. No. She didn't, you know, she just, <laughs> all, all talk and no walk, as they say. All bark, no bite. <laughs> yeah. Gosh. I'm so disappointed. I know, right? <laughs> Pick up on the sarcasm there, please. Mm-hmm. I'm not actually. Mm-hmm. So this mm-hmm. movie came out in 2017. Oh. It's rated R. It is one hour and 50 minutes. Rotten Tomatoes gave it a 67%. IMDb, 6.6 out of 10. Okay, so 67 and 66. So I'm not going to get into what the Mormon mothers have to say because I well, I, yeah. I know nothing about this movie and I didn't want to read anything that gave me any kind of insight to what this movie is about or anything that may happen in it. I am curious, though, because this did come out three years ago, uh, if I have at least heard of the title. I don't know. Let's find out. This movie is called Life. Uh, is, is this Sandra Bullock? That's Gravity. That was Gravity. Okay. Then I don't, I don't think I do know this one, actually. All right. All right. Interesting. This should be interesting. All right, let's do it. Let's take a film stripping movie mug and pause. And we're back after watching 2017's Life. Yep. Pretty good job there, Erica. I'd say so. All right, let me give it the 50 Cent Tour. Have you ever seen Alien? If yes, that's the 50 Cent Tour. If no, again, (laughs) um, welcome back from your coma. I've never actually seen the first one. Is that basically the same exact storyline? Yeah. Yeah, I would say that this is a... uh, Nearly carbon copy? No, not a nearly carbon copy, but it's... It's Alien. And their Alien was original. Yeah, it was It was definitely original. I enjoyed it. I did too. It started off a little funky, and I was like, is this just going to be like a, a starfish that absorbs everything around it? <laughs> uh, no, it, it just kept evolving. We'll get into it, but it was pretty cool. Yeah, let me see what the internet has to say. Astronauts, Jake Gyllenhaal, mm-hmm. Rebecca Ferguson, and Ryan Reynolds. Aboard the International Space Station are on the cutting edge of one of the most important discoveries in human history, the first evidence of extraterrestrial life on Mars. As members of the crew conduct their research, the rapidly evolving life form proves far more intelligent and terrifying than anyone could have imagined. You know, I was curious why Erica picked a movie that she hadn't seen before, and then I realized she knows that we like Jake Gyllenhaal. And that you look just like Ryan Reynolds. Exactly. So I figured she would like to watch a movie that has one of our favorite actors, who's quickly become one of our favorite actors, and a movie with me. Mm -hmm. So when she watches this, I'm assuming she's going to feel like, okay, I'm seeing Vince on the screen. They'll be like, wow, Vince died pretty early. Right. (laughs) Thank God he's on my screen. That that was pretty early for an A-lister like Ryan Reynolds. And I love that. Because it catches you off guard. Because Absolutely. That's a great way to catch the audience off guard. Because if you put like the best actor, like I don't I can't think of any more A-listers right now. But yeah, if you put Ryan Reynolds in a movie where people are dying, you're expecting him to be like the main character. Yeah. At the very first when you realize shit's probably not gonna go well in this movie, you're like, all right. Which one's the hero, Jake Gyllenhaal or Ryan Reynolds? It's, it's one of them's going to be alive yeah. at the end and is going to save the day. It was not Ryan Reynolds. No. I and mean, he, he saved the life of a useless guy just so he would die. Well, so, <laughs> yeah. So they bring on this little tiny microscopic alien life form that they pull out of the soil from a trip to Mars. And they 
kind of nurse it back to life or bring it out of a hibernation. They got to figure out what climate it will live or like thrive in. Mm -hmm. And they can just set that up in this little box they have it in. And they can put their little hands in these gloves and and fuck with it and stuff. Mm -hmm. And and it starts growing rapidly, I guess, in a way. I mean, rapidly from... Microscopic. From, yeah, it it definitely was rapid, but it just went from microscopic to small. So Mm -hmm. it still feels like a... But yeah, it starts growing and then it starts showing curiosity, like starts reaching out towards the scientist guy's hands. And um, yeah, it just started getting worse from there pretty much. Yeah, some, its name is Calvin, by the way. Named after some school. Yeah, but something happens and it goes back into like a hibernation type state. So dude goes in there, puts his little hands in the glove things, and gets this little, it's like the six stick from from, from last much. week's movie. It's like a little shock baton. But it was like the tiniest amount of voltage so you wouldn't hurt it or anything. Yeah. And, and I mean, I they probably wish that they left it in hibernation because it freaks out. It's a little bit bigger from the last time it showed it on the screen. And it just starts, it grips on the scientist guy's hand after snapping the shock baton thing in half. And it's like squeezing and he's like he describes it as like a firm handshake and he's in this lab and they have to keep that sealed so they're all watching through a window while this is going down because you gotta it's a biohazard whatever they can't be close to it and so then it starts really fucking his hand up and it's break breaking his hand completely and then he's basically passed out with a completely fucked up hand just floating horizontally and the uh, the thing is trying to get through the glove, like so. It's basically a porthole with one of those big gloves in it, so it can go reversible too. So the thing is super smart. So it breaks the rest of the shock baton off and cuts its way out of the glove. And Ryan Reynolds is like, he's like the mechanic guy. He's like, he's Mister Fix It. Yeah, pretty much. So he's like, fuck this, I got to go in there. Saves the scientist guy, and of course the thing grabs onto his leg, and so they can't let him back. And so, of course, there's this crazy, oh, he's trying to find it. He has a flamethrower. It's not getting hurt by the flamethrower. It kills him in a pretty horrible manner. A fucking brutal manner. It basically just makes you deep-throat it all the way, and then you're just, like, bleeding everywhere out of your mouth, and it's just floating everywhere because you're in space, and then it gets bigger because it ate everything inside of you, I guess. Every time it kills somebody... Well, it always grows bigger, but it might also evolve too, gaining some newfound power that makes it even fucking worse. <laughs> like, it looked horrifying to deal with. That death of Ryan Reynolds. It was a long death. Yeah, it, it went inside him through his mouth and just scrambled his insides, you could tell. And Ryan Reynolds was alive for a lot of it and just kind of gasping. Yeah. His eyes were turning bloody. And then... He slowly starts making these gargling noises, mm-hmm. and little blood comes out of his mouth, and it just kind of floats. And it makes it worse. Oh my gosh! For some and and it was hard as fuck to watch. It, it was actually this movie was quite grisly, mm-hmm. at least for a few of the deaths. Some of them weren't anything big. Like uh, I think is his, his name was either Show or Cho. I didn't really catch it, but that guy's wasn't. Uh, that was a far angle. But watching Ryan Reynolds, we just eaten pizza. I was feeling that pizza in my stomach during that part. Uh, I wasn't. Yeah. The only movie that's really fucked me up was uh, 
well, it didn't even really fuck me up. It was just really unexpected was um, Midsummer, when the two old people had to jump off the cliff and the yeah. guy lived and so they blew up his head with a big wooden mallet. Mm-hmm. That was in the full graphic and close-up too. So that was pretty... That was rough. That was disheartening. That was rough. <laughs> but I just, I found Ryan Reynolds' death scene to be... A little bit disturbing. Just tough. Just, just tough to watch. Tough to get through. I agree. And... To a lesser extent. And it was it was long. It was It long. was a drawn out. His face rough. right at the camera. Yeah. Just, ugh. And they, so they all realize, holy shit, we got to fucking get rid of this thing. And so, of course, naturally, one by one, they all just die, except for two. So once Ryan Reynolds was locked in the room before he was killed, it was his job to find the thing and kill it. Mm-hmm. You pretty much did that the other day at your sister's place. I did. <laughs> I, so I get a text. I'm at work, and the text goes out to me, Jack, and uh, my wife, and it's from my daughter, and she's like, I need help. There's a roach in the house. Uh-huh. It's big as hell. It's got ridges on its back. Can, can one of y'all help me? And I'm like, girl, <laughs> <laughs> you, you got to take care of these things. You know, it's, you're on your own. You got to do the hard thing sometimes. And she's like, what time does Jack wake up? And it was still like 10 o'clock or something like that. I normally wake up at 1030. Yeah. The Terminator normally wakes up at 1030. (laughs) Yeah. The exterminator. Terminator. Yeah. And uh, she's back and forth. What do I do? Or like, dude, just fucking go hit it with a sandal. You know, it's a a bug. Deal with it. (laughs) And she's like, I I just, we just can't. We can't. And I'm like, all right, go to the store, get some Raid. Spray it. It's not going to be a quick death, but, you know, it's going to die. And then it was, what time's Jack getting up again? (laughs) And then me and my wife get this text from Jack that she's not included in. And it says, do I really have to fucking go over there and kill a roach? Well, so, yeah, basically, my alarm goes off at 1030. It's the sonic bomb alarm clock because I'm a deep sleeper. And that night, I had never made it to bed. Because one of the medications I take is makes me a zombie, and I'll just pass out in your chair. So I passed out in my chair at my desk, and so I'm full clothed, fully clothed, and ready to go. And so, <laughs> so the, the I guess it was destiny, and I decided, well, I guess I have a duty, and so I just I drove over there, and her and her boyfriend, they like I'm scared of bugs, but they're on a different level from me, like phobia can't deal with it at all Mm -hmm. and i'm like not quite at that point but i'm not cool with (laughs) bugs really and so i had brought my flip-flops that i used to uh, do like yard work and stuff in your crocs Uh, so they are i've always hated that i bought flip-flops they're not even crocs but they're crocs brand Mm -hmm. but yeah they're my crocs yeah fuck you (laughs) i like so shameful so (laughs) <laughs> I'm pulling into the uh, the parking lot, and I see her on the balcony looking for me. <laughs> and she sees me, and next time I look up, she's disappeared, so I know she's at the front door waiting for me. Mm-hmm. So I go in, and they don't know where it is. And so I'm like, like an arm fully extended, using the flip-flop as an extension of my arm to move things, because I didn't want to be very close. It's not under the toaster. It's not under... The cabinets, it's nowhere. It's fucking nowhere. So there's this roll of paper towels that had raid spray on it from when she had sprayed at it and missed. 
And she threw that away. And we're like, where the fuck is it? And then all of a sudden she's screaming and hollering. And it is standing. So the trash can is full and it's standing on the mountain of trash. Like it's the king of the world. And it was in the paper towel roll, like inside the roll when she had picked it up off the floor. And he's like, come at me, bro. Pretty much. He was I, I pictured it like one of those like hissing Madagascar ones that are like round and everything. I mean, it obviously wasn't going to be one of those, but I I wasn't thinking straight. It was long and skinny and gross and nasty, like two and a half quarters, like the coin. Like it, it was way too fucking big. And so I just shut the lid, the trash can lid on it. Uh, her boyfriend tapes it shut. He gets one thing of tape to tape it shut. Because we take it out into the hall of the apartment complex. like the, It's outside. So we take it out there. So if anything goes wrong, it doesn't go under their couch never to be seen again. Yeah, you know? just like the movie. It doesn't get back into the rest of the ship where uh-huh. the other people are. And so he cuts what? the tape. I have my flip-flop in one hand, my raid in the other. I open the lid and I spray it for like five seconds. And then I shut the lid. And I, then I open it again. And I'm like, oh, it's dead. Nope, it was inside of the hole, like the roll again, and so I sprayed the shadow out of it again, left it for like 30 seconds, and then we opened it. It was dead. And so <laughs> she made me uh, tie up the trash bag and throw it in the dumpster. <laughs> so yeah, and that's how I became their designated roach killer. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm always on call. It's a pretty stressful life. Because I know there's more roaches in that apartment complex. Yeah. Where there's one, there's more. Yeah. And that's the shitty thing about living in an apartment complex is your place can be spotless. Like there's definitely is. But you got some neighbor who's leaving their dishes out or not cleaning up and roaches are going to hang out there and then they're just going to go wherever Everywhere. they want to. Yeah. Gross What it, Fucking roaches, man. Those are the worst. They are right? really gross. There's nothing worse. I mean... Give me roaches rather than wasps. No. What do you fucking mean? Dude, well, you, I mean, wasps, if you kill their nest, they're not coming but back. But you act like wasps are just out to harm you. They don't they give a shit about you. too close. They don't give a shit about you. They're not <laughs> after like you. Much like my father. Yeah, they're not after you. Fuck you. Roaches... I don't know what it is about them, but it they're just hits nasty. a nerve, I think, with most humans. <laughs> like, the sight of a roach... It does devastating things to your mind in a way. <laughs> I like, don't need, get the fuck out of here. They have so much power. They do without actually really being they able do. to do too much. So you? your mother and I's first house. I know all about that. You, you've seen pictures of it. Mm-hmm. It was it was a dump, but we loved it, <laughs> <laughs> and it was it was it was close to campus. Huge huge roach problem. There was a tree outside that there was a ton of roaches in. It was an old house. There was crawl space underneath where roaches were all over the place. We'd set off bombs in the house. They would just keep coming back. And I remember one night after we moved in, we could hear them in our bed. We could hear one flying because some of them have like wings and can fly. I could never live there. I would have <laughs> rather lived on the street or the sidewalk next to it or something. Than, ugh. So we, we were living in an apartment and we were looking for a house to rent. And as soon as I saw this go on the market, I drove by and I saw it and I'm like, okay, okay, I, I want to see this. So I called the guy and the guy's like, well, the people haven't moved out. I can't show it to you yet. So I worked at that cafe, the one that I had to got fired from yeah. that time. And so I went there and I knocked on the door and I said, hey man, I know this is about to go for rent. Can can I come in? I got I gave him some gift cards to the, the restaurant I worked uh, yeah. at. So it turns out they were in a band 
called Brutal Juice. Mm. So they were kind of like these rock punk guys, and their house matched their name. It was fucking disgusting. Disgusting. I've never heard this part of the story. Yeah, they had an ironing board with food on it that had been there for a long time. (laughs) Their back door, they had a doggy door, but I guess they had indoor-outdoor carpet on it so the dog could go in and out. So anything could basically come in your house, and, uh, and yeah, I mean it was it was a breeding ground for those roaches. So I guess the moral of the story is don't move into a house where a band named Brutal Juice is living. I'm not sure that they ever <laughs> stayed together. So I I don't know. I'll have to look them up on Spotify and see. Maybe I could do one of their songs like and and see if they would come up on my new app coming out in 2021. Oh. All right. So one of the other deaths in it was a lady had to go outside, outside, <laughs> out of the out of the ship into space to uh, repair the communications, which the alien jacked up. Yeah. So they couldn't talk to the people on Earth. Yeah. So she goes out there, and here comes the alien, and it and it grabs her, and it, and it breaks part of the coolant, I guess that that keeps oxygen in the suit or something. And it starts slowly filling her like dome helmet, mm-hmm. and she's got to get back, you know. Yeah, and so she's trying to get back. Meanwhile, it's filling up, and it's not water. She can't just drink it; it's it's coolant, mm-hmm. and it's toxic. And and Jake Gyllenhaal is trying to let her in, and I'm like, why the fuck are you trying to let her in? Because that alien thing is on her, and it's just going to get back in your ship. And she's trying to get in, and then she realizes if I get back in, this is all over. So she decides not to, and. and you basically watch her drown right in front of you. In coolant mm-hmm. while the alien is just on her. That was another harsh death. Yep. So in the end, it's just two people left, Jake Gyllenhaal and, uh, and the lady. And, and Gyllenhaal comes up with this idea that I'm going to lure it into one of the escape pods. Mm-hmm. And when I do that, I will uh, go up to deep space. So, you know, this doesn't have a chance to go to Earth because the, they're, they're crashing towards Earth slowly. And if they go to Earth and this alien makes it to Earth. It's all over. It's all over for Earth. You you can't, yeah, Earth, Earth cannot defend that. So she's going to get in the other pod and go down to Earth. Mm-hmm. And so Gyllenhaal leads it to his escape pod. It gets in there with him. He hits the thrusters going up towards space. She gets in hers, hits the thrusters, and is going down in, uh, back to Earth. And it, it keeps giving you views of inside of their pod. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, everything's going perfectly. And, like, he's about to get killed by the thing. Mm-hmm. It's about to fuck him up. Oh, and, and she's going back to Earth. She's even recording this thing. Like, if I if I die upon impact, this is what happened. And so, basically, what you think is her pod is landing in the water by this, uh, and some look to be... Like Thailand or yeah, something. Yeah, and so these fishermen see her, and they're like, oh, let's, let's go over. And so they open, like, they get onto the pod that's floating in the water... Look in the the window, and it's fucking Gyllenhaal, and you're like, wait, fuck, and he's still alive because this alien developed some other new technique where it basically shot like flesh web everywhere. I, I don't really know. So he's still alive, and he's like, no, no, but they don't speak English, of course. So yeah, that that's basically how it ends. Like something hit both of their pods while they were trying to go on their course. So I guess they both got knocked into opposite directions. And it shows her later screaming in her pod that's hurtling into space. Yeah. So she 
she somehow got knocked up going into deep space. Mm-hmm. And, and Gyllenhaal comes back to Earth with the monster Calvin. basically in it. Yeah. <laughs> that got me. It did. I wasn't expecting that. It got me too. This movie had a lot of things that you're like, okay, I mean, you even predicted this is going to happen, this is going to happen, and it did. And if you've seen Alien, yeah, I mean, you kind of know what's going to happen. It follows a very easy to predict kind of cliche-ish storyline. But not all. Not completely. Ryan Reynolds dying early was not predictable. And them coming back down to Earth and it being Gyllenhaal, I didn't even for a second think that that was a possibility. <laughs> Me neither. Not even for a second. And I'm, I feel like I'm normally trying to figure out movies as I go. Mm-hmm. And I thought, okay, I mean, that's a good ending. Gyllenhaal goes out because at one point when, the, when he decided he was going to come up with this plan, and she was like, uh, no, 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 I'll, I'll go. You, you need to go back down. And he said, uh, I don't want to go back down with those billions of motherfuckers down there. Yeah. Like, he was tired of Earth. He'd been in space for so long. He, had, he was about to set the record. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, the, the first scene it shows him, he was the guy who's going to set the record for most consecutive days in space. Yeah. So he had already set his record. He hated it. But when right. he said, I don't want to go down with those billions of motherfuckers, I was like, yeah, same, <laughs> same. That's kind of how I feel recently about a lot of the population (laughs) yep all right favorite part i liked the deaths it was very well detailed i feel like it was gruesome and gritty and i mean i didn't really expect it from a movie that was so seemingly predictable because predictable movies that that are so predictable because they just follow the same kind of storyline a million other movies have done Mm -hmm. are never that good like they don't have a uniqueness to them uh, and I loved the monster and just the death scenes because they stood out to me. They weren't cookie-cutter death scenes. I thought it was cool. So, yeah. Also, the twist ending, of course. How could I not yeah, mention that? that was definitely a gotcha moment. But, yeah, the deaths were great. The Just it obliterating the dude's hand at the beginning. Yeah, that I was... I mean, just obliterating it. Not exactly what I was expecting for it to, like... Once it turned violent and was going to start killing people, I wasn't expecting it to destroy a guy's hand. And then, mm-hmm. of course, it he pulls it out of the glove, and it's all it's, fucked it's up. It's just like, pulp. Like, his wrist is broken. There's, like, no bone left in that hand. Yeah. There's just no way. Well, maybe his wrist isn't broken. His hand is just hanging straight down limp as fuck. It's just fluid in there, more than likely. It's Nothing horrible. else. Yeah. Yeah. All right, bucket of chicken time. Um, Whoever designed the alien... I thought it was very original and creative. I, I'd never seen something like it before. And the fact that it seemed so harmless, and I mean, obviously I could tell that this movie was going to go poorly for everyone in it uh, from the very beginning, but still it made they made it look harmless and like, oh, this is awesome. This is We're all looking at the first sign of life on any other planet besides Earth. Woohoo! And it just started off as just... I, I love the rapid evolution. It went from this little tiny guy to this like flying tentacle bat monster and it, it was it's translucent ish so you can like it's kind of clear skin and you can see through it a little bit and then later on you see that it has yeah fucking wings it's huge it has this like creepy head slash face thing i just i thought it was awesome it kind of blew me away how cool the alien was yeah, it was definitely cool. And and who would have thought Jake Gyllenhaal wouldn't be in the running for a bucket of chicken and somebody as handsome as Ryan Reynolds <laughs> wouldn't be in the running for a bucket of chicken? I mean, they were good. Yeah. And, and enjoyable. Ryan Reynolds basically played Ryan Reynolds. 
yeah, he's a very likable guy. Jake Gyllenhaal, he's always a little bit ominous after I've seen Nightcrawler. I can't always trust his character um, because he has the same face, but this movie, he was cool. Yeah, I, I think they did a really good job on kind of a retread because, like I said, this was Alien. Yeah. But they, they, made it, they made it work. And they made it unique enough mm-hmm. in certain aspects. I really like the music. Me too. I thought the music was really, really good in this. And especially, I think what put it over the edge for me was the very end. The music that played at the very mm-hmm. end was just perfect. So whoever wrote the score, whoever put the music together for this, uh, they get my bucket of chicken. All right, score time. I think I'm going to give this a 90. I, I agree. I, I agree. <laughs> I, 90 was what I was thinking too. It might have been, I say it might have been, there was one part in there that I'm like, oh, this is dropping my score. Yeah. And you know the part. Jake Gyllenhaal and the one lady are the last two, and uh, he starts reading the Good Night Moon book mm-hmm. because one of the characters, oh, his wife's giving birth, so he's watching it on his like iPad thing. So, of course, they got him a gift in his Good Night Moon. He dies, obviously. He has to. If they set up any kind of backstory for one of the characters who literally does nothing throughout the movie then you know they're going to die, and it's just trying to make it a little more painful when they do. Tugging at your heartstrings. Not really. (laughs) I'd say he dodged a bullet, but... Oh. (laughs) You know, I was thinking about that, how lucky that was for him that he was up in space while his wife was giving birth. He didn't have to be down there and and deal with all that. and Then he got to die instead of being a father. (laughs) He he had great fortune. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so they're like standing by the window and Goodnight Moon for some reason floats over to them. And he's like, oh, my dad used to read me this I to know. me. And so he starts reading it and then chucks it away whenever he reads Goodbye, or Goodnight Nobody. We read that book to you and your sister over and over and over and over. And, and over I don't and remember over. any of the the words except Goodnight it's like a, Mouse. It's a stupid book. I liked that. Everybody loves that book. But it, I like the stupid. pictures too. It's like Goodnight Comb, Goodnight Brush, Goodnight Nobody. Good, I mean, it's just... Goodnight Hush. Okay. Um, that's uh, that's some real Shakespeare there. <laughs> Shakespeare I mean, sucks dick. I'm, I'm going to write a book. Uh, that's better than Shakespeare. Hello, table. Hello, lamp. Hello, lantern. Let's go camp. Right? I mean, it's not that fucking hard. <laughs> and then you become a world-renowned a children's book writer. Damn, fuck making an app. I'm just going to write some <laughs> children's books. I mean, come on. It's not that fucking hard. Good night, moon. What is that? Or the hungry, hungry caterpillar, too. That no, would be, no, no, that'd no. be That's a good one, but it'd be so easy. I wonder how many people have actually had this epiphany like we are right now. Like, why don't we just drop everything and write bullshit for kids to enjoy? Well, there's probably nine bajillion people that are trying to do that. Just like there's nine bajillion movie podcasts out there. You know, mm-hmm. you can't, you can't all make it. Just, just some of you. Yeah. Yeah. So once he started reading Goodnight Moon, I was like, come on. And then, wait, Goodnight Air? Goodnight Air. Wait a minute. And then the oxygen's being yeah. shut off. So let's go. Good night, moon. Somehow is saving the day, and I was like, but not really because it still ended up on Earth. I was like, yeah, you know, that was really dumb. My score went down because of that, but but it, but it didn't overall. That that was just a moment movie. where I was like, give me a fucking break. But <laughs> it it was good enough to to get past that. I definitely recommend it. I do too. That was an enjoyable movie. Space is always fascinating. It is, and it's fun to watch. So. 
All right. Well, you know what month it is. This is the film stripping movie mug and crossover extravaganza. It's time for you, Jack, to reach into the official film stripping sorting hat and make your pick. All right. Will it be a genre? Will it be an actor? Will it be an actress? Will it be a year? Let's find out. Dun, 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 dun. I don't know why I had to fold this like fucking eight times. I don't know why it's taking you 20 minutes to open it. Fuck you. Okay, zombie. Zombie. All zombie. Right. It's too bad we've watched Train to Busan. It is. I would like to unleash that upon <laughs> Captain Chris <laughs> and Captain Erica that. if they have not seen that. That's a pretty uh, heavily populated genre. I don't think you're going to have a hard time finding something. Definitely will not. As far as that goes. All right, one more thing before we go. We would like to wish the Film Stripping Podcast happy 100. 100 episodes. It's that's a big a, deal. That's a really, really big deal. A lot of podcasts don't get that far. So, Majority of podcasts don't get that far. We are uh, 14 away, but this isn't about us. This is about you guys. <laughs> and, and seriously, that's a, that's a really, really big deal. Congratulations. You guys should be proud of yourselves. It's got to feel good. Pumping these out week after week, week after week, and doing a great job. It's more work than most people think. It, it really is. And I'm not the one editing, but you edit. I see how much time it takes, and it's not... I, I probably I don't really feel like editing would be very fun. I, so props to y'all. It didn't it didn't bother me at all. It's it's something for me to do. It's something I can be creative with. But again, this isn't about me. This is about film stripping <laughs> and their hundredth uh, episode anniversary. And it sure Just, does end up back at you quite yeah. often. I mean, <laughs> Mr. Ryan Reynolds, Inflated Ego, mm. the most handsome podcaster in the world, self proclaimed at least. <laughs> all right. So next week, tune in as Jack's pick of zombies should be interesting. Yep. All right, guys, thanks for tuning in. If you'd like to keep up with us, we're on Instagram, at Twitter, at MovieMuggin. If you'd like to send us an email, MovieMuggin at gmail.com. Have a Movie Muggin day. Burn the candle that smells like Gwyneth Paltrow's mm. vagina.